Welcome to the Church Collective Podcast. My name's Ryan, and myself and Chris Bellamy will be your hosts as we have an interview with Ryan Stevenson. Super fun conversation, just a great dude. I think you're going to love it. I wanted to also take a quick opportunity and let you know that we keep doing these Zoom hangs, and they keep going better and better. We had one with David Leota from Elevation Worship. If you're a guitarist, that means a ton to you. If you're a worship leader, that probably doesn't mean a whole lot to you, but that was a fantastic time for the guitarists that were able to come. We have another worship one coming up. You can go over to the churchcollective.com, hit the Zoom Hangs button, and you can see everything that we have coming. We're trying to put these together for you, and thank you for those of you that are participating. I would also ask, too, if you're on YouTube, hit that like button. If you are uh, on Apple Music or something like that, give us a rating and a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'll highlight some in the coming weeks. We're going to jump right into the interview with Ryan Stevenson now. I think pretty much as soon as I release a record, I'll, you know, I will just kind of take a minute to breathe and, and let it you know, just kind of take a minute to get some inspiration and just like really appreciate those songs and let those songs uh, have their space. But I feel like pretty quickly after we, after I've released something, I'm kind of already, because I've had those songs for a long time. They're brand new to everybody else, but I've been living with them for over two years, you know, so I'm kind of chomping at the bit. I pretty much start right away uh, digging in and trying, you know, just coming up with new songs and, and new perspectives. And um, yeah, so I think it, it, it kind of happens pretty quick. I, I mean, I hope that answers your question. Was it, was it um, like, were you writing it over the, qu- the quarantine process or was it already kind of established before that? No, it was, it was done. Um, yeah, I, I pretty much had this record done months ago and when we, you know, this record, Wildest Dreams, we, our original approach was we weren't going to do a record. We were just going to go song at a time, like just have songs. So it, it was a really beautiful process, honestly, because I didn't, I didn't focus on trying to put a whole big record together. I just focused on the song and the song and the song. Like I just knew, okay, we're just going to release a song at a time. So that song is just going to be the best it can possibly be. And I'm just going to take my time and craft that song to make it so special because we're just going to let a song out at a time. Well, we did that for months and months and months. And then we had all these songs and we're like, man, this is a record. This is a hit record. Like every song is amazing. We need to just put this record out. So approaching it with a single mentality and then putting all those on one record was, was amazing. Uh, And it just took a lot of pressure off to try to, get a bunch of songs together. Um, and it was a really cool process to just sit and spend time with the Lord, spend time, you know, looking at life and and finding inspiration through things that myself and people were going through. I mean, it, was, it wasn't rushed for sure. And we didn't have 50 to 100 songs and being pitched songs all the time. Like, I've never done that. I don't do that. I don't, that's not how I write my records. I don't really take song pitches from anybody. Uh, I just, I like writing, I like writing my songs. And so we didn't have a batch of 75 songs to go through. We just went one at a time, dug in there and got them. Yeah. Talk a little bit, that when, when you're songwriting, I, I love to hear how different it is between people, but like, are you do you find like an idea that you run with like both musically or lyrically, or do you think like, I'm going to write about beauty right now. So let's write a beauty, like talk a little bit about how do you like get a seed for a song? 
Yeah, it's and that's a that's a that's a fine line. Um, for me, you know, I I have to I how do I say this? I have realized that I have to wait for a song to come to me. I I mean, I can go out, I could write a song right now that might be, you know, lukewarm. I mean, it just might, maybe nothing will happen, but the best, to me, the best songs come and the most impactful songs come and the most most special songs come when I wait for that moment when like the Lord just lays something on my heart or I hear, like I hear a sermon and a pastor said something in a sermon that just really provoked me and compelled my spirit. Um, You know, I'll hear a, I'll think I'll hear a melody. I I always start with a perspective first. That's the hardest thing about writing a song is the perspective. You know, you can write songs all day about love or peace or grace, or we can do that. We can write those songs. Those songs are important. Those songs are great. But to find that, that perspective that exists, that has a special existence for a reason and that stands out and that's different uh, that's, I feel like that's the, those are the special ones that I kind of just, I kind of just, I don't push my way into songs. I kind of wait for that thing to come to me and then I chase that. And I always start with the perspective and then I start with the music. I get a melody, a hooky melody that I feel like people will sing and it will be easy for them to come around. And then I tackle the lyrics. Yeah. You, you mentioned sometimes like a lukewarm idea comes out. I'd love to hear too. In your process, how do you know? Like, is it an instinct? Is it like, how do you know when like, oh, that's not that great of an idea. I'm going to set it down. Or yeah, you know, this one's got a lot of legs to it. Yeah, I feel like if it moves me or not, um, I can always tell, like if I want to get back at it, if I don't want to put it down, then I know I'm on to something. Like if it's moving me emotionally and spiritually, I know that uh, that I need to, I need to be a, a good steward of that song. If it's just kind of like, ah, this is cool, you know, uh, and it's not, it's not keeping me to the point. Like, if it's not keeping me, then I, I'm not going to fake my way through that. It's not going to keep anybody else. Yeah. Is there any songs that you um, wrote that maybe weren't intended for this season, either with the the virus or with social injustice, but just you're seeing now like, wow, this is, you know, really pertinent to, to this time. Um, man, I think, I think almost this entire record, uh, and I didn't plan it that way. I just wanted to, I just wrote this record about what myself and my community are going through and things that we're seeing, you know, trials, that people are walking through difficulties, uncertainties. I mean, we live in an uncertain world. If you listen to this record, the common thread throughout the entire thing is God meets us in the uncertainty in a beautiful way every time. We're never outside of, of the goodness of him. Whatever, whatever our situation looks like, whatever the uncertainties we face, uh, he, he somehow has a way of... of redeeming and making beauty from ashes and and i just believe that with my whole heart even though if sometimes things don't look the way i think they should look or uh things aren't going the way i think they should be going i i think that 
he's just amazingly brilliant the way he orchestrates our steps. And this record is just a perfect example of that. Like I, I had no idea that we were going to get shut down due to a pandemic and not be able to play shows for the rest of the year. And then, you know, with, you know, all the social issues that we're having in our country and the, you know, the, the division and the, you know, the uprising, even in, even in that, I still feel like the Lord is involved in the details and he's, he's causing all things to work together for good. And that's what all these songs are speaking to directly those things, wildest dreams through it all. The best is yet to come. Uh, all I need, like I could just, I mean, I could probably find a reason for every single song on this record to land right in the middle of where we, where we are at currently as a society. Then I didn't plan it that way. Yeah. I'm looking at your um, tour schedule and as are all of them canceled or you got, are you, do you have any plans for the rest of the year? Yeah. Um, we, I mean, I feel like everything that you see on the calendar right now is pretty subject <laughs> to, uh, to be rescheduled because I feel like every month, you know, events that have stayed on the calendar, we're finding out that, well, we're actually going to have to move that to 2021. So it's, it's kind of like a week at a time. We're almost playing it now where we're finding out every other week that things are getting moved. So I, I'm just, again, I'm just, it's so uncertain, you guys. I mean, I, I have no idea what's going to happen. But I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm just not freaking out. Like, I, I know that sounds cliche, but, uh, you know, we pretty much have no income right now. And, and we're not playing any shows and I'm not selling any merch. And, and the things that keep my family and I alive uh we're not doing that we haven't done it for three months so i'm just like okay god like i'm i trust you like i really do trust you i'm i'm freaking out internally a little bit but i just have to believe that you're gonna come through and and you're gonna be here for us like you have never let us down i can't find a time you've ever let me down so why would you start letting me down now mm -hmm. You have a, maybe an encouragement. A lot of our audience as well as like younger worship leaders is also like we've got a fair amount of them that are, you know, burgeoning touring musicians and stuff like that in their whole world. Like you said, these past three months has just stopped. Like, I'm sure some people are listening to you and saying, man, I wish I could feel like that, but I'm panicking. You know, you, you got maybe maybe a word for that person that's in a similar situation as you. You know, I mean, it's it's so it's such a personal thing, you know, from from one to the next. I guess my encouragement would be something that's been really helping me out a lot is Colossians 2. Um, Colossians 2 says, fix your minds on the things of heaven, not the things of earth. And I know, again, that's such a simple verse, but like if we really are Christians, if we are image bearers of Christ and we believe the Bible, if we believe in salvation, if we believe that our ultimate, I mean, that's, that's all we talk about. Our ultimate goal as a, as a Christian, as a believer, as a follower of Christ is to be with him. So if we believe that and we celebrate that and that's what we want and we desire, then we should really be fixing our minds on the things of heaven, loving, loving people well while we're here. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying avoid this earth. Like I, I love I love our earth. I love our world. I love 
my community. I love God's creation, um, but I'm not, I'm not, that doesn't move my meter. My meter gets moved when I think about eternity and um, being with the Lord. And so I, that's what encourages me, and I hope that can encourage other people, is that let's get our perspective straight. Let's realize sure. that, uh, you know, we are, you know, Psalms 103 says we are a vapor here. We're, we're here one day, gone the next. Like the wind, the wind blows over it, it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, it's the Lord's love. And uh, I just think that we really need to begin to fix our minds on the things of heaven, not earth. It's the only place we have any peace. And we will, yeah. we will go crazy. We will, be, we will be riddled with anxiety and fear when we start putting our eggs in the basket of this earth, this government, this society. Um, but when you, when you put your chips in the bank of the kingdom, you have nothing to fear. Yeah. What, uh, with, with being able to spend so much time at home, what, what has God been doing and teaching maybe your family or kind of talk about family life a little bit? Mm-hmm. Just the importance of each other. Like what is actually important? You know, I, my wife and I have been talking about that a lot is I've been on the road touring for nine years straight and I've never been home in the springtime. We're always on a spring tour and a fall tour and doing summer festival season. So I've never been home in nine years in the month of March, April and May, June really. And so it was like the Lord just gave us this sweet, at, at first I was, I was really resistant to it. I fought it pretty hard. I was like, what is happening? How can we, I can't, I can't sit at home, I'm going crazy. And now it's like, this has been a really beautiful time to just reset and, and have, a, have a little window of time with my wife and my boys and now our new baby girl. Like, man, it's so cool to just be here and not have an agenda with a new baby at home and just and like having a summertime and being able to hang out and barbecue and hang with friends. Like I would never have done that. I would not have forced myself to do that. And it's given me, it's given me so much life. It's given me so much joy and, and peace this summer. And like a, just a renewed perspective. So it's been great. Honestly, I, I, yeah. I wouldn't have had it any other way. Are you in Nashville? I am. Yeah. I'm assuming. Have you been doing any like collaborations during this time? Yeah, we've been, I mean, I've been doing some co-writes and, you know, writing with some other artists and bands. And um, so, yeah, just trying to do that here and there. A lot of people have kind of, you know, people are still writing, you know, when, when things got really crazy, you know, even producers weren't even coming into the studio. Everybody was Zoom writing, Skype writing. It's like, I didn't do a lot of that, but I've definitely been trying to get with people and just, collaborate hang out work on some songs for sure who who did you um collaborate with on the album um well I, my producers are a guy named brian fowler and micah kuiper so me and micah and brian did the whole record together um but i mean toby toby mckeon is a huge part of everything that i do you know he's my kind of direct a and r if you will we work really closely on stuff we wrote we wrote the title track Wildest Dreams together, me and Toby. Um, and then Toby, you know, listens, kind of listen, puts his ear on everything. Uh, 
I produced, I collaborated with a, one of our, one of my old buddies named Paul Wright, who used to be a goatee artist. Um, Paul and I did a song together. Um, me and Tyrus Morgan did, did a track together. And then my friend Desiree from Boise, Idaho came and sang on a song. So I, I kept it pretty lean and mean, you know, I, I did a ton of it, but I had a couple, couple co-writers and a couple special guests, but a lot of it I wrote all by myself, you know, hundred percent. Was, was the passing of uh, Toby's son, like in the middle of this writing process? Right in the middle. Yeah. Like kind of at the tail end of it. Um, we're pretty much ready to wrap up the record and be done with it all. And, and, uh, we were starting to get ready to go into song meetings and start, you know, getting our ducks in a row. And then, and then true it passed and it kind of just, everything just kind of stopped. Mm. Mm. So, um, but you, you didn't um, have any songs that were, you were still writing like after that happened? Uh, no, I didn't, I wasn't writing anything, but after that happened, I ended up actually writing a song just kind of in the aftermath of that, um, that was, you know, while Toby was going through that, I kind of just watched him navigate this incredible storm and just watching how he uh, composed himself and gave glory and honor to God, even in the middle of just, you know, a life altering tragedy. Yeah. You know, losing your firstborn child. I mean, nobody recovers from that. But just watching Toby um, deal with that and and how he responded in in the wake of such a tragedy really inspired me. It changed me, and it it it. it I, so out of that, I just I kind of I wrote a song that was called Amadeo, still my God, um, and I kind of put myself in Toby's shoes, like you know, if this was me. And I was losing my firstborn son. I mean, it became very real to me being at Truett's funeral and, and mm -hmm. hearing Toby talk at his son's funeral and, and putting myself up there thinking, what if this is my oldest son in 15, 20 more years? Like, uh, am I going to be able to say, you're still my God. It's my honor to serve you. Gosh, that's, I don't know. And so that's kind of out of that. I had one more song to write and I just, I wrote down this little song called Amadeo and it ended up going on the record and being, being a single. So again, I couldn't, I couldn't plan for any of that. You know, it just kind of happened. Yeah. Have you, um, have you done any online like streaming of like, guitar playing or anything like that? I can talk a little bit about, just some like tactical, practical things you've done, not being able to get together in a big way, but like, you know, what kind of online stuff might have you done? Yeah, we did a ton of those. Um, <laughs> did a call the I Love My Radio Tour, where we tapped into a bunch of radio stations around the country and did a Facebook Live acoustic radio co concert for my radio stations from right here in my home. So we did probably seven or eight of those. Uh, we've done some live concerts for like Samaritan's Purse with Kirk Cameron and some of those guys. Um, we just did, you know, a TBN thing. Uh, Golly, we did a, a, co a couple uh, virtual performances for some colleges. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, we've done a ton of virtual stuff for sure. Yeah. Any, uh, 
any war stories, any kind of funny things didn't work out you might be able to share with us? I mean, no, no horror stories. Uh, uh-huh. Overall, I mean, <laughs> with, with technology now, it's like these virtual things have actually been pretty smooth. Um, sure. So we've just kind of been able to pipe right in and channel in and away we go. So it's been pretty, pretty easy. And, uh, but I definitely, I'm, I really miss being with people. Like I need to get back out there. What's your, what's your, um, like pre-story? How did, how did you get into music? How did you, did you go to school for music? Did you study music or was everything homegrown? Like how did that, how did it evolve? Yeah. Wow. Good question. Um, no, I never taken any music lessons, no guitar lessons, no singing lessons. Um, I grew up on Michael Jackson and George Michael in a band called Wham. Um, so I was a pop music lover from the time I was just a little kid. Grew up on pop music, then got really into pop music and hip hop in the 90s. Um, and I loved the drums. Like I'm that that's my primary instrument is the drums. I'm really a drummer. Started playing the drums in the second or third grade. But my youth pastor got me a guitar for a graduation present from high school. Put this guitar in my lap. And I it didn't make any sense to me. But um so I, my freshman year of college, when I went away to school, I started, I picked up this acoustic guitar and started playing it. And it just like, I could just do it. It just made sense. It was easy. And so it was just like something just clicked. Like I could, now I could play this guitar and make music now and sing over the top of it. And I just started using my voice. And, and I mean, that was really how I started getting more into guitar playing and singing and songwriting. But then I played in a little band all through college and then, you know, that kind of did its thing. We played in a college band for about four or five years. And then I took a little break and went to went back to school, got my paramedic license in the state of Idaho. And then uh, probably year seven of my paramedic career, I got signed to a record deal. Um, so I was just playing music independently in our little hometown there of Boise, playing at coffee shops and open mic nights. And I made a little demo CD and sent it to a record company. And here we are. But there's, I mean, that's, that's just such a brief, brief there. That story has so many crazy, quirky, weird, unconventional moving parts to it. We would, we would need a whole nother hour uh, to tell you the ins and outs of that. But basically in a nutshell, while I was working as a paramedic, I saved a lady's life who had gotten struck in the head by lightning. And months and months later, after she recovered, she looked me up and figured out that I was a local musician. And so she helped me get into a recording studio to record some songs. And that got me my record deal and got me out of being the paramedic into Christian music. Well, I I think I saw... um a post on your Instagram about that. And what song was that? That was that speak life? The the song? No, no, it was called yesterday today forever, which was my first kind of demo EP. And then that kind of led me to write speak life, which got me in front of Toby. Okay. All this other stuff. Cause yeah, I remember seeing a, um, a shot of, I think it was the lady and then Toby and you were yeah. Yeah. Got it. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah, I was wondering how that like how that fit together, but that makes sense now. Yeah, she she helped me record some music, basically gave me some money. I used that money to record, got a record deal, uh, a licensing deal. I put a couple songs out, and then shortly into that first little licensing deal, my label dropped me. <laughs> Within 10 months, I was dropped from the label. So I thought, well, it's over. Life is over. So, But I just kept on playing, uh, kept on you know, booking myself at wherever I could play. And during that time, I wrote a song called Speak Life and was recording it in Nashville and working on another independent project. And that's when Toby, my world collided with his, was through Speak Life. And then the rest is history after that. When did you make that tra uh, transition to Nashville? Like you say you're from Idaho? Yeah, well, I'm from Oregon. Yeah, born and raised in Oregon. My wife is from Boise. We lived in Idaho for a few years uh, while I was working as a paramedic. And then when I started touring full time, I mean, all of our tours route out of here and now. Trying to get out to the Pacific Northwest every week yeah. and commuting and family was just brutal. It's taking a toll on us. So we moved out here almost three years ago in July. Okay. So yours was kind of like a, a post move rather than, I know some, some people move there to try to break in some people move there out of necessity after they've already kind of, so yeah, you're the latter. For a long time, we were, we were thought we were going to stay out there forever and just make it work. But the busier that I got and the, you know, the, th the more things transitioned, like it was, it was really hard to live out there and tour as much as we tour. Yeah. Are you excited to get back on the road? Yeah. <laughs> I Thank you so much for being a part of this week's episode. Head over to thechurchcollective.com. We've got a lot of great content over there. We'd also love to get you into the Church Collective Community Facebook group. We have a ton of fun over there, and it's just good to interact with each other. Cannot wait to hang out with you.